2: Well, it's another great day in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm already excited, everybody, because Dr. Price is going to bring it. Today I got an ounce of a sneak peek of what today's revelation might entail because, you know, we get started on stuff, Dr. Price, and then God gets started with things, and then we have to see, you know, where we go from there, but I'm so thrilled to see where we're going to go today uh, with
3: your subject. (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, I'm excited because the Lord is really on the warpath. Yeah, yeah, And when I say that, I say God is protecting His Son and His Son's inheritance. Often, actually, we hear people say, "Well, you know, God is for my ministry and He's for my hope and He's for my dreams." But we never think that God started all of this because He had hope. And oh, what? We can't hope for anything until we know what God's hope is. Mm-hmm. That's why He calls our hope a living hope, because without Him, it's dead hope. You know. But anyway, it is Thursday. Hey, I got all my stuff. Look at look at look here. I got my stuff around me. Let's see. I got the stuff to drink, drink some water. I got the devil. Yeah. You know, sometimes they like to hear that, so I thought, why not just let them hear it? And
2: thank you very much.
3: You know, I got a gavel cloth. I got, yeah, I got my, my gavel cloth. I got stuff. I got everything going on here. I, don't, I mean, I got so much going on, I'm trying to figure out where I am. <laughs> well, but, I, I'm
4: rebooting
3: my technology. So. Well, reboot your technology, and we're going to talk about it. So, but before we do, what do we have coming up in uh, November?
2: We have our NEAR Summit. Apostolic Summit
3: coming up in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, my goodness, what, which one is it? <laughs> we'll just have to go in the archives and figure that out. That's how long we've been doing it. Remember, our first one was 2002. Okay, so yes. just Mm-hmm, 2002. And we've been faithful in that which is least. Uh, you know, that's something that people have got to learn about God. God does not get excited over our starts he waits for our finish, and then he decides how he'll react. So if we finish as we started or better than, hey, God celebrates. Heaven celebrates. If we, in fact, finish worse, which we've been inclined to do, uh, or if we quit and abandon the project, hey, God's not excited that you started. He's very disappointed that we didn't finish. And so, Everything in Scripture, especially from the Lord Jesus Christ, talks about enduring to the end, finishing our course, finishing our race, running our race, all of those kinds of things that really we have got to learn to think because heretofore, Ashley, We've been talked out of finishing for God. We've been talked out of giving God our best. Yes. We've been talked about out of dressing up for God. We've been talked out of get, making God important. We people ridicule us for saying great like they know the cook. Or and when the cook last did something with Lane. Yes. Okay. Did you see how Nike and said yeah, that? Did you did you, you notice know I'm 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 being good today? Very, very. I'm working on that. You know, I'm working on the yes. diplomacy. Yes. And whatever. But you know, sometimes people don't get it. Sometimes you have to come hard. You've got to come straight at it. You know, we dance around with all of those euphemisms and soft, and and people, half of the saints don't even know what euphemism is. (laughs) There we go. And we are in a season where sin has started to play hardball and has been playing hardball for a long time. And because sin has been playing hardball for a long time, oh, somebody hear what I'm saying, (laughs) that we... I have been, You know, we're still doing soft. You know, we're still, you know, dodging. We think they're throwing Nerf balls, little sponge balls. But sin is serious. Bullets. They are blood. And so, you know, I, I have been chasing by some of my colleagues about being more frontal than folks want. But you know what? We can't be more frontal than sin. And half of these people that we're trying to use euphemisms with and we're trying to, you know, kind of dance around and give them the soft tones, half of these people don't know what they're doing is a problem because it's culture, because it's popular, because it's trendy. And so people don't know because the Bible has has receded and Christians have decreased so that sin could increase. And so they don't know. Many of you don't know. I mean, I, I talk to people all over the place. I do I have counseling company, I have assessment, advisory, all those kind of things. And you know what? People are like, I, I didn't know. Ask yourself today, uh, you know, how many times in the last month did you, did you listen to me or listen to someone teaching the truth of the word and say, I didn't know, I didn't know, I didn't know. Well, I, I didn't know. No one ever told us. No one ever told us because no one is telling you because they're using those cute little euphemisms, and they're using those cute little, you know, well, we just want to not let people be offensive. Folk are living offensive lives, and they're living offensive lives in their Christian liberty. You know, that was good. Where's my stuff? Hold on. Wait a minute. Yeah, I had to get something. Okay? Because you don't realize you are using your Christian liberty to be offensive to the Almighty. You don't even. You're not even trying to. You're, you're doing all of that stuff, but I'm loving God. Oh no, I love the Lord. You know, while, while we're hopping out the bed of fornication, while we commit adultery, while we're having five divorces, <laughs> just to prove that we are free to do so. People mishandle liberty all the time. Man, I like that. Can I say? But they do. I mean, because liberty makes you think that you're free. You have a free agent, but liberty has rules. In order for you to be liberated, somebody has to lay out the rules of liberty. They have to be booked. It's got to be somewhere liber. It's got to be in somebody's book how liberty is lived according to the standard of the liberator. And so we don't know what that's like. We don't know what it is to to understand God on that wise because we have been raised with books about the Bible. We've been raised with, with paraphrased versions and, and, and false versions and all of those kinds of things. And everything is to soften Christianity for the Christian while you antagonize Christ, its founder. We keep trying to soften Christianity for the Christian. Every, I mean, when you look at these people standing on stage with raggedy clothes on and all of that, that's not for Jesus Christ. Mm. That's for them to be accepted and applauded by the people. They're, they're popularist preachers and popularist leaders, and their very attire tells you who they're going after and who they're serving. Because the whole idea is that we, we are peddling a Christianity that doesn't require change don't change how many times oh, oh no just say this we like snake oil salespeople. just say this some prayer and that's all you have to do just say this prayer and if you mean it that's fine you don't have to do anything else god will do the rest of the work how many times have we said that snake oil sales that's a snake oil salvation very slick greasy very very subtle very hissy but it's still not real and you need to ask yourself, did I get a snake oil salvation? Did a snake anoint my salvation? I just thought, I just thought early. How, how are you all liking that? I, I, <laughs> you. Half of you all need to go back to Christ yourself and go to the true Jesus Christ, if you got saved by someone who told you you did not have to change, you can rest assured your salvation is not sure. Why? Because without repentance, there's no remittance for your sin. You have got to change. And if you repent, then you must change because repent means to turn and go the other way. Are you okay with this? Because right now, God is fighting. People are, I mean, he's pummeling the planet, and nobody wants to admit it. And everybody's like, but I don't understand why. Now, you can blame it on Mother Nature. um, You know, God doesn't mind if you let her take the, the rap for it. But understand, snake oil salvation tells you you don't have to change. Your salvation is anointed by the snake. You don't have the oil of the spirit. You have the oil of the serpent in the tree. And you should know that. People don't want to tell you that. They don't want to tell you that, well, they'll get mad and not come. You know what? Whether you come to me or not is not the issue. I can't save your soul. My blood did not run down the cross. I can't even fulfill the word I'm preaching. I have to preach as a representative and let the Lord present himself to you to prove that what I said is true. I would love to have you. be great. But you know what? I can't get you to heaven. I can't get you into God's kingdom. I can't even get Christ in you. If the Holy Spirit doesn't think you're serious, he's not going to enter. He just doesn't. That's why so many people are walking around from church to church trying to get a real, a real feel for Jesus Christ. Because they've got that, 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 that snake all thing. You know, you don't have to change. You don't have to change your attire. You don't have to change that. You don't have to change this. You don't have to change that. You don't have to do anything. You know, and I really, really, really do. Thank God. You know, my daughter and I were talking before the show about how she has been dealing with the religious spirit, and I applaud her on how she's doing it because we never looked up religious. And she and I were talking about that. We never looked it up. You never understood the purpose of religion. Religion was not about you castigating the people who want to live right. Anytime somebody calls you religious as a devout saint, you need to know that they are sacrilegious because they're sacrilegious. See, nobody wants to go the distance. See, I'm going to go the distance. Because sacrilege is the opposite of a religious spirit. So they are sacrilegious. What they're really accusing you of is what they're doing. They are sacrilegious. Look it up. Don't take my word for it. You know, some of these words, we took out the pulpit dictionary because we didn't want you to feel bad. But it's okay to make God feel bad. It's okay to grieve the Holy Spirit. Because, I mean, after all, he's nobody. But the only person who will ever condemn religion is God-ordained it, because even James uses it. He said, but this man was religion is vain. So James uses it. Obviously, James is Jesus' brother. He ought to know what the man feels about religion. They grew up together, I'm sure, and all of that. He was an elder brother. But let's, get, let's, just, let's just look at this. So when we talk about piety, look up the words for religion. Because in order for you to understand whether or not you are in a religious spirit, or even if I am, which is what, you know, my, uh, we talk about it all the time, you, people are always telling you don't listen to Dr. Price because she's in a religious spirit. So when they say that the next time, so that, does that mean that I should follow the sacrilegious? Because, see, in order to talk about a religious spirit, you have got to know about sacrilegious. You have got to know what, what kind of religion profanes holiness. Discuss, discuss holiness. You have to know that. See, one of the reasons why I like doing what I'm doing is because I'm not out here trying to figure it out. I have been out here since 1985. I've been walking with God since 1982, and I've not cheated on him. I've not investigated another religion to figure it out. I've never said, boy, I sure wish I didn't have Jesus Christ. I never said he was religious because, you know, for you to say anybody preaching a word is religious is for you to condemn Jesus Christ as religious. As religious, because it's his word. You can't love somebody that you condemn. And if you don't like his ways, then you are sacrilegious in his mind. Now, I don't care what the world says, but because, you know, the world's judged already. The, I mean, when Jesus came into the world, he said, you know, the world is judged already. It's already condemned. That's why he's living such a hostile, aberrant, you know, fatal existence, because it's already condemned. The only way for it to get out of condemnation is to come into Jesus Christ, because he's the only one that can put it back where he, where, it, where it first began. I want you to look up that word, sacrilegious. All of you all listening to me, look it up, and, and, and I want you to put it on your Facebook. The next time somebody says that's religious, ask them if they choose to be sacrilegious instead because that's what they're promoting, sacrilegious faith, sacrilegious um, worship, that which curses God, that's what blasphemes the Holy Ghost, that which tags his word as a lie, that's what ascribes the power of God to Satan. See, so you need to know what people are saying. And what I like about the Word, we always say we're in a Word Church, and half of people don't know what the words mean that they read, quoted every week. Don't know. You never went back to a dictionary, never went back to a concordance or anything else to make sure that you believe and you agree with what they're telling you is so. Half of you don't even agree with them when they say I'm religious, but you don't know how to prove it otherwise. I would I would say probably more than half. But you have been so conditioned to think religion and rules are synonyms of something that is adverse to Christianity or adverse to Christian liberty. You know that's good, right? Yeah. I wish you could see Prophet Ashley right now. She, I'm having a blast looking at her, and I'm trying to behave myself at the same time. But I want you to get that. Everything on Christianity is not about your liberty. You need to get that off the table. Everything in Christ is not just about your liberty. This man did not get on the cross and go to hell just for you to be liberated from what you think is religion. And it's just that child. I wonder what childish preacher started that because I heard it in the 80s when I first came in. You know, well, that's just a religious spirit. And and like you, I bought into it at face value. I never checked it out. I never asked anybody. And then you have people who gave you definitions and examples of religious spirit that came out of their own heart. Can't prove it by encyclopedia, can't prove it by dictionary, can't prove it by article commentary or anything else, but yet that's religious spirit. You, we are condemning denominations that have been around for centuries. I mean centuries as religious. Because they have order, because they have structure, because they have criteria, because they have rules, because they have guidelines, because they want to keep this thing going when the generation that's sitting in their pew today is gone. You know this is powerful. You know it is. It's powerful because you need to understand it. I, I always ask this question when I start talking about, um, you know, charismatic and, and independent churches versus denominations. Now, I feel like all groups can fall because, you know, there's no righteous, no, not one. Not one of us are going to get an A in Jesus class. You know, I'm telling you, we are not going to. We are fortunate if we, can, if we can sneak by with a B minus. Hey, we, we, we got through. But nobody's going to. Because Jesus will tell you, I have not found your works perfect before God. So none of us are going to get that A, but we can settle for at least being what he needs—believing in him, loving him, obeying him. We can settle for that. So I talked about it. And I said, "Well, now, you know, how long, what, What's the age of the oldest charismatic church? Maybe some of you all know the oldest charismatic church, Word of Faith Church. Give me the age of that. Somebody just look it up because I got smart people out there. Okay, look it up and just key it in on the Google or whatever. The oldest." established I mean functioning I don't mean uh, you know still only standing on the last brick you know because a lot of these things la- claiming that you're on the last brick of the foundation but I want you to look at look at that because when you ask that question about the Methodist they've been around for like ever don't you think mm-hmm. I mean even the Pentecostals are like our early 19th century you got the Baptists. they've been around for like ever Episcopalians, and we can go on and on and on. We, God has a lot of, of branches of Christianity. We like to call them sects and say that there's something wrong. But yet, if you had that same composition, geographically speaking, you would call them states or nations and countries or regions and districts and territories. But because it's spherically defined, we want to say, well, this, it ought to be only this way. There is a reason why the man had 12 tribes. Twelve tribes answered something for the Almighty. There's a reason why he had 12 apostles. How about Ishmael had 12 sons too? And there's something about that, world completion and dominance. Then we talk about there's a reason why he had seven churches and not six. So there are a lot of things. You're sitting in pulpits hearing somebody spew that they got off the television, snatched off the Internet like it's the Associated Press, the sermons, and and standing up there te- teaching like it's true, like it's right, and you've never heard it. Christianity is awesome. I don't have a problem with us having different nations and, and all of that being born because when God is finished, we're we'll all going to come together in one. So we don't have to fuss. Nobody is fussing with Iowa. You know, Iowa, look at that. They just grew up different. Nobody, when we bought Texas and all of those other countries, you know, nobody nobody was fussing about that. We were all excited that we were being enlarged and diversified, changing. Two apostles understand that. We're just being enlarged and diversified. So I don't look at it like that. I don't, you know, God probably has a whole little little country of denominations in the spirit realm. Fine, God bless him. He's got some independence. Now, come on, Jesus, do that. He's going to have whatever he wants. This is his body. That's like yelling at your heart because your heart is not hooked to your lungs, not glued on top of your lungs. Wow, that should have never stepped out. But Paul said the body was going to have many members. What he didn't say was that they were going to have many messages. Many members, one message. Many members, one Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Mm, Are you all following me? because we are so good at saying, yeah, well, that's just one of those religious sects over here and and divisions over here. No, we're not divided. We really are because we are the body of Christ. Now, we may all operate differently. The the brain is going to give the arm different signals and different information than it's going to give a knee. The brain is not going to talk to the knee like it's an arm. It's not going to nourish the knee like it's an arm. It's not going to do any of those things. We are one in the Lord Jesus Christ. We do it differently because our different parts of our human body actually do it differently. Everything is in Christ, and he's operating everything as his body. Are you all flowing with me today? So all of that other crazy is crazy. The only thing you need to understand is when it's time to reject something that's inserted in your body that's foreign to it. We're supposed to eject foreign matter. We're supposed to eject foreign, foreign substances. We're supposed to correct dysfunctions in our bodies, And that Jesus will do. Because you keep saying, well, I'll just be glad when God make us all one. We are one. We're one in his body. That's why we have Christian in front of us. Christian in first name one last name. We're all one. We do it differently. And we should because we're placed differently in this man's body. Oh, in his soul. Isn't that powerful action. And so we're walking around crying, you know, knocking this and knocking that. Yeah, well see, they sing, yeah, but they don't sing. Well, they dance, but well, they don't dance. You know what? Your head doesn't dance, it bobs. Your feet dance. Your fingers tap. So we would do we all would respond to music and sound differently. You know? And so I, I need us to think I need us to think not just broader but more mature. We are all the body of Christ. We are his children. We are his offspring. We are his dream come true. We are his vision happening. We are his hope made known. We are his, his, his desire fulfilled. We are the satisfaction of his creative, reproductive self. We are wonderful. That is why we're wonderful. So the next time you want to go pick at your mama's church, halt. The next time you want to go talk about your neighbor's faith, halt. Let's make sure we first are supporting Christianity. Let's support Christ. You cannot support Christianity and dismiss Jesus Christ. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to separate Christianity from its founder. But, see, we're a body, people. We are not a a corporation. We are a body. We are a corpus, but we are not a corporation. So we are not incorporated in his body. We are literally part of his body. We are literally various parts of his body. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but that's hot. God's like, you guys need to change because we need to come together as a body. When you get ready to run a race, your foot doesn't say, you know what, I'm sorry. I ran last month, and, you know, you didn't treat me right afterwards, so I'm not running this month. So you, your foot comes, your organs, your heart doesn't say, you know what, I'm going to tell you right now, you run if you want I'm going to pump like crazy because I'm going to feel like it. With all things being equal and everything being in good shape, your entire body, every hair strand, every eyelash, every eyebrow lash, every fingernail is engaged in what we want to get done. And that is what Jesus Christ is going to compel on us. It's, and in some ways, some very savory ways, but in other ways, not so pleasant. Because he has to make something happen in this generation. One of the things that we were talking about as we discussed that was. You know, again, how we like to picket people. We, we, you know, the codes that go to the head are not the same as the ones that go to the heart or the knee or the ankle. And so we're 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 going to all talk about the same body. We have one, you know, comprehensive DNA, if you will, one set of chromosomes and molecules and all of those other things. But they all speak to the same body and they fit. Change, put a foreign one. One of those or a fine type of that in the body, the body's gonna know something is wrong. Isn't it? Yeah. I like what Paul said. First Corinthians 12, 12. He tells you it's the body. He tells you we are the body of the Lord. And because we can't imagine anybody be, being as vast as Jesus Christ and his Father, so that if we actually occupy their beings as cells, etc., we disbelieve it. But the truth is, we are one body in the Lord, and we are the same body. We have the same makeup as the Godhead. That's what makes the church unique. We have the very same physiological makeup as the Godhead because we are partakers of its its divine nature, and we are the fullness of Jesus Christ in the body. We are born again from the incorruptible seed of the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody hear me. I'm just... Got to do it. Got to. I know they probably were yelling for it. When is it coming? <laughs> but we are the, understand, Christianity, I'm told you, came to earth. It was not born from the earth. That which is from the flesh is flesh. That which is from the earth is earthly. We are not born from the earth. Christians did not rise up out of the earth like grass in the ground. We descended from on high in the being of the Holy Ghost. Oh, come on, somebody. Descended from the Lord Jesus Christ, from the very altar of Christ, God sent us to connect us with our souls in the physical world. That's why, to save us. God literally sent our spirits to earth to switch out the Adamic spirit with that of Jesus Christ so that we could live forever. Isn't that powerful? I Uh, know. Because it's a. It's the gospel, and it's what we don't hear. You don't understand your Christianity. That's why so many of these preachers, particularly these young ones, can get up there and say all of this stupid stuff because they don't know salvation. Some of them, I wonder if they're saved at all. And others, I wonder what they did with their salvation because some of them have have apostatized. They they have already, I'm quit Jesus. There's no money in it. It's too hard. The trials don't stop, you know, on and on and on. So, but you need to understand the character of your minister before you accept the correctness of their message. What, why are people motivated to tell you how little they have to do for God? Why are people motivated to say that God doesn't care if, and it doesn't matter if? Or why are people driven to tell you that that which cleans up your life, preserves your life, purifies you for Christ, is religious and legalistic? Ask the right questions to get the right answers. Sometimes we ask the wrong question. You ask the question, who's right? Well, who's right? Well, who's wrong? That's a good question. It's not the right one. The right question is, why are each one of them saying what they're saying? Why be saved? Why get saved? You should ask that question. If you have a Bible study, nice discussion. Why get saved? Why be saved? Why stop, stop uh, sinning? What is wrong with sin? See, ask the right questions, and our messages will distinguish themselves. Oh, I hope you get that, because that was a profound statement. See, because you don't ask the right questions, you don't get the answers you're looking for. Who do I follow? Who do I listen to? Who is right? Who isn't right? You don't ask the questions that secure your faith. You got saved to be different. You didn't get saved to stay the same. Your life wasn't working, which is why you chose Jesus Christ. You got saved to learn God. You got saved to understand God, the Lord God Almighty, the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. You got saved to learn God. You got saved to be a better version of yourself. See, when you understand why you got why you said this in his prayer, and not just because you were crying and the messages burnt you in your heart, but you got saved for a end or a destiny, a destination. So what is the destiny of your salvation and what is its destination? If you start asking the right questions, then lies will be exposed for what they are. Error will be exposed for what it is. Heresy will be exposed for what it is. But if you don't ask the right questions, you'll stay in the quagmire that most of these things seem to be caught in saying, well, this is what I think and this is what I think. You don't do that at work. You don't go to work and tell your boss or, or your supervisor, this is what I think we ought to be making. This is what I think ought to happen. You fall in line because you want that job, because you want the benefits of having that job. Ask the right question. Stop saying which one, who's got the word. Start saying what is the word. First of all, you need to find out what is the word of God. And if you haven't read it for a while, I'm, I'm going to suggest you at the very least, get on Bible Gateway and let it play in your house. Listen to the scriptures first because you were born again by the author of the scriptures. Okay? <clears throat> you were born again by the author of the scriptures. You were not born again by your own idea. It wasn't your idea to save you because even if you wanted to be saved, you couldn't exist before Jesus Christ. The question of salvation was about religion. It was about becoming following one deity or another. So you have to ask the right questions. I'm so excited about this. I keep saying it actually because we don't ask we keep saying, Well, I don't know if Dr. Cyrus is right. I don't know if Apostle So and So is right. I don't know that see, those are the wrong questions. Those are the popularist questions. But you have to ask yourself. What is your salvation? What makes for a saved person? What saved you? And how do you know you were saved? Well, I was saved because I felt better. The, uh-uh, the baby can't tell you that it felt better. Baby can tell you, as a matter of fact, when baby get born, baby finds it's the most miserable thing. They're cold, they're separated, huh?
2: It's bright. it's bright. The lights
3: are all on. They're out of their warm water. Now they're in this little cold, something or other. They get to feel something they never felt before. It was closed, rough on their little skin. They got this to go and deal with a whole bunch of smells and sounds they never had to deal with before. So, no, new, being a baby is not all that pretty. Now, as a matter of fact, I was reading one article where they talked about a baby is born with all of the potential attributes and talents active. And as the brain begins to grow and take over, they, different ones shut off to fit them for their life. So that's why you take little babies to restaurants, some of them can't stand it, because the noise is crazy or the, or the smells are terrible, and and they don't have any filters. So th- think about that as a new Christian. How's a new Christian gonna tell you about Christ? The baby only knows one thing. The thing I smelled all this time is close to me. That must be what I want. And every time I get near to, the, near to that food comes. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, mm, food comes, that's, that's good. So that's what, that's what it is to be a physical baby, and you have to be held all the time. You have to be changed. You have no control over anything. Everything is out of your control, everything. And yet we have baby Christians on global television shows talking about their Christian experience. You mean all 30 seconds? And people are flocking to them. Why? Because you don't care about their Christianity. You care about their world fame. You're not flocking to their Christianity. You're flocking to their world fame. And those television uh, m- m- media people put them on not for Jesus Christ, but for their ratings. Because when you really want to know the truth, you got, you, Jesus said, you shall know the truth. If you want to know the truth, the truth will make you free. In other words, if you're free, you're free in every piece of truth you get. But we don't want freedom. And, or when we get free, we don't know what to do with our liberty. So we were talking about this, you know, because we're having these back and forth, you know, is this God or is that God? Well, we can do what we want to do. Well, that's legalistic. Well, that's religious. But let me just tell you, Jesus Christ is not stupid, and he anticipated that. And if you have your trusty little Bible with you, we do have a trusty little Bible. For the Bible. John fifteen twenty two is the beginning. When, when we had the last brouhaha about tattoos and, and skinny jeans and, and shredded clothes and, and, you know, refugee wear, because that's refugee wear, okay? and The poor little people who can't do anything about it are being mocked by our liberty and by our prosperity. Shame on us. Anyway, he said, um, but, but here's something that they said Jesus said, um, and I'm going to read it from several translations for you to get it. So I was praying to God. I said, but God, this keeps coming up. It keeps going around. It keeps saying it's you. Lord, what's the problem? He said, they're using their liberty as a cloak for their sin. I was like, bang, that's it. So their hyper-freedom or their hyper-liberty is really covering sins that they don't want to give up for Christianity. You know? Did you want me to hit something? Okay. I, I it. Boom. Consider that truth. And so, Jesus writes in John 15, 22, if I had not come and been their teacher, they would have no sin. But now they have no reason to give for their sin. Bible in basic English. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse. Excuse for their sin. Contemporary English version. If I had not come and spoken to the people of the world, they would not be guilty of sin. But now I have spoken to them, so they have no excuse for their sin. Easy to read version. They would not be guilty of sin if they had if I had not come and spoken to them. As it is, they no longer have any excuse for their sin. And then here's another one. If I had not come and spoken unto them, they had, not, they had not had sin. But now they have no cloak for their sin. Now, it's really funny because they use excuse as a cloak. So they say the reason for their sin is a cloak. The excuses they give for their sin, it's a cloak. And so it's, laying, it's letting us what it is. So now And then Paul talks about for neither at any time use with flattering words, as you know, nor a cloak of covetousness. God is witness, as free, I love this one, as free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. Now, I thought this was powerful, as, a ser- as servants of God. Now, that's 1 Peter 2.16. So who has given us the trouble? The servants of God, the preachers, the apostles, the pastors. The prophets, the leaders, they are giving us a fit based on the practice of their liberty in Christ, and so that that means that they're not. And why do they use the word cloak? I love this. I was so caught up. I, you ready? I'm getting excited. I'm not ready. Oh, okay. They use the word liberty, and they use the word cloak because, in in effect, they are not free. See because doing what you did before you got saved is not liberty. It's still captivity under the umbrella of Christianity. That's why they say using your liberty for a cloak, because you're not saved. You can't be saved standing there talking about, See, I'm still doing this, and God hasn't killed me. I'm still doing, well, we're, look at this. I'm running 500 people. I got 90,000 folks. I got 2 million votes. You and, and you're still not saved. All you're doing is covering the people with your same captivity. Now you're just adding to your captivity. You're increasing your captivity because you're increasing your captors or your captives. So your cloak becomes a captor. Your liberty is a captor. It's professing a freedom that even you don't have, if he was ready. Okay, you did say that. <laughs> yes, I wasn't. Think about it. So every time somebody stands up and they wear, you know, the, 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 the sleazy wear, talking about I'm free in Jesus, no, they're not. They are binding Jesus and using freedom to keep their captivity in effect. So Jesus' grace profits them nothing. His salvation profits them nothing. They have what the, what the Bible calls an unprofitable salvation. It's unprofitable to God, and it's in effect unprofitable to them, and it's unprofitable to their followers. The more you need the world to approve of your salvation, the more you prove to heaven that you are not saved because God expected you to be different heaven of uh, Christianity has a dress code that of heaven. They have a behavior code, that of Christ. Christianity has a behavior code. But we don't talk about that because again, we want you to feel comfortable in your salvation on earth. We don't care what happens to you when you leave it. We don't care. So you better make sure that you're not following a, a, a captive liberator and that your leader who's telling you all of this is okay has really got backing for beyond maliciousness. You know, when you start name-calling, they call that malicious. You start criticizing and condemning, that's malicious. And so you can sit there and talk about all the freedoms that you have. Well, I'm free to wear the dreads. I'm free to tattoo myself up. You are free to whom? Your captor is giving you an illusion of freedom because he doesn't want you to leave him. And you must repent. Without repentance, there is no remission of sin. Do not use your liberty as a cloak. So let's look up cloak. Ashley, you ready for cloak? I know you are. Come on, work with me, girl. Okay. The word cloak, I know, right? As used is a pretentious outward appearance. It says that. It's a pretentious outward appearance. In other words, you have an appearance that pretends to be one thing when it's something else, so they pretend to be liberated when they're not. It's a pretext we're pretending we pretext that on a, we're doing this on a pretext that God is okay. we had a special exemption from the Almighty to go back to the gods of our Father, the gods of our mothers, the practices of this world and Continue to be with them. You cannot even look like the world unless you're fellowshipping with it. You have to, whatever you fellowship with and commune with, that's what you will look like. You like that, don't you? Yes, because
2: that's
3: and we say that you really know who somebody is by how they dress. Exactly. Well, and the fashion world chooses to make you what they want by designing clothes that will make you dress according to their vision. And according to their commission, because they have a commission too. And so here's another one a showy disguise, an upper garment worn to cover, conceal, protect, hide the use of a false covering. And so they've created a a Christian Christianized covering for their sin. It's Christianized, it's not Christ, it's Christianized, it's Bible. It's not, I mean, it's not Bible. You can see from Genesis to Revelation what God feels about these things if you wanted to believe in the Bible. The fact that they can't believe the Bible tells me one of two things. They're not saved, and they never were, or they have defected from Jesus Christ. Because the scripture is the only thing that's going to get you to heaven. You're going to get to God's world on, on the basis of what he wrote. His constitution, his covenant is in print. I don't want to hear that craziness about man wrote the Bible because man wrote the papers that you read every day too. little school that you went to to get your little degree that you're so proud of. Man wrote. As a matter of fact, man printed that paper that your degree is on, that you're all excited. You know, man printed the card that you put in there to get your money out the machine. So don't tell me that if it's got to be showing up in the flesh, it's got to be done by the flesh. Because nobody's gonna know what is done, what's done in the spirit. Everything we do, every appearance, every outward appearance, every projection in this world. Oh, come on, somebody. Hear me out double share It has to be human. Spiritual things must take on physical body, physical matter, in order for us to know they exist and for us to be able to use and handle them. That's the law of nature. So this just because the Bible was written by people who were who had it dictated to them by the Almighty and it was put on paper doesn't mean that it's any less valid than the paycheck that you love, written by man printed on a man-made machine made of man made gathered man manipulated materials. you see how this goes, and so all of that I don't listen to that that's dumb uh, you know dumb is dumb. let's finish this up. Now I want to read this because I have a very special guest in my studio today. So I want to go back to Peter as being free yet not using your liberty or and yours at it, but using liberty to cover maliciousness. maliciousness But as slaves of God, these people today are too arrogant for God, and God is hard on the ego. I'm telling you, the Lord Almighty is hard on the ego. The ego and God can't get along. There will be a a breaking of one by the one of the other, or there's going to be a surrender, or there's going to be a severance. Because when it comes time to God, you got two options, surrender or severance. It's not hard. And some people need to tell you this. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, I'm not just preaching a book. I'm preaching a person. Apostles represent the man, Christ Jesus, the Lord who became flesh, God on high. They don't represent popular doctrine. They don't represent trends and all of that. We keep making Christianity so warm and fuzzy for the people, we are alienating Christ. Let's look at another version. Here's, Here's a few more, and then we'll wrap it up. Live as free persons and not using your freedom as a covering for evil, but as slaves of God, the Lex and Live as free people, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, rather live as God's slave. Now, that one is good. Come on, Ash. I got to it. Had to hit it. Don't use your liberty as a cover-up. You have been bought. You all have been duped by a cover-up Christianity. It's a cover it is a cover. It is the devil undercover. Oh, I'm going on. Yes, I am. Be free men, and yet do not make your freedom an excuse for base conduct. Be as God's bond servant. as free, not having the free, not having the freedom as the cloak of evil, but as servants of God. So we, we right now we see covering, cover up, excuse. And close. Are you getting the point? Are they getting
0: the
3: point? Here's another one: As those who are free, not using your free position as a cover for wrongdoing, but living as the servants of God. I like this last one. You are free, but still you are God's servants, and you must not use your freedom as excuse for doing wrong. Oh, somebody hear me. Tell me if we didn't just blow it off the water. Yes. And that came from Jesus Christ, the founder of our faith. See, I, and I didn't just pick and cherry-pick the ones I like, and I just didn't give you my perspective. Because people often say, well, that's how she sees it. No, I just read it to you from all of the Bibles that God got out there. Hallelujah. See, he's got Bibles out there where people wrote it from how God impressed it upon them, and in the end, this whole doctrine on, on liberty, it's okay to divorce yourself 19 times. It's okay to sleep around and still play the piano on Sunday. It's okay to do drugs and be caught up in pharmacy which is sorcery in God's book. You know drug addictions are sorcery, right? Okay, but well, we're gonna go on. We do that like we
1: did.
3: We're gonna go. <laughs> it's okay for you to dress like the the, the world. It's okay for you to to um, fornicate anytime you want, any way you want, and still be a preacher. Fornicating in the Lord's house, on your little desk, on your little altar, like Eli's voice. Come on, here. Some of you all are gonna die like Eli's voice. I promise oh. you, you will, because you are profaning the altar of God, and God is He's stepping close. All right, so you up there like Eli's boys that got up on the top of the mountain. So you all don't know that because you don't read your Bible. But if you read your Bible, you will find out that God took out Eli and Eli's sons because they were fornicating on his altar. And sometimes it looks like God's got you getting, letting you get away with stuff. But what He said, the goodness of God and the forbearance of God is to bring you to repentance. He's giving you an opportunity to say, you know what, Lord, nobody ever told me that. I'm sorry, but they thought it was fun. I was just a kid. Lord, I was drunk. I don't know. You tell them whatever. But they're telling you that telling them that you can walk around there and wear all of this demon wear and put on all of these demonic um, scarrings on your body, and that's okay, That and, and you're doing it as a preacher. Do you know the sad part about a preacher who does that after they serve Jesus Christ? You want to know if a preacher is still with Jesus Christ? Look at what they do to their body after. Because the only way you can do that after serving God in righteousness is that you've defected from the truth. you defected from Jesus Christ. He is not your God. He is not your, your leader. He is not the, your, who you're serving. You have turned to another God, and you are now using the cloak of liberty. Come on, somebody. Oh, i got to hear the thing. Yeah, you're now using the cloak of liberty. You're using your liberty as a cloak to cover up. Oh, come on. Let me just say this again. Not using your liberty to cover maliciousness. Not using your freedom as a covering for evil. Not using your freedom as a cover up for evil. Not making your freedom an excuse for base conduct. Not having the freedom as a cloak of evil. Not using your free position as a cover for wrongdoing. Not use your freedom as an excuse for doing wrong. I don't know about you, but I think that's pretty clear. You call me religious all day long. At least we know in my book they say I'm devout, I'm pious, I'm sincere, I'm determined, I'm conscientious, I'm di- uh, uh, diligent, I'm clean, I'm holy, I'm pure, I'm sanctified, I'm consecrated. Now you tell me what's wrong with that. I need you to tell me that because we can't. Well, Prophet Ashley, I've done my part. Somebody
2: said, my, 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 grabbing the horns of the open. <laughs> I know you are.
3: She said we all are. <laughs> your turn. So what what are some of what well, you get to speak to it, and then you can give us your feedback. After that, we're going to have prophet, Ash, our prophet Adia so that we can spend the rest of the time with our special guest. guest. Oh, I
2: appreciate these exposés
3: to me. This
2: is like kingdom exposé. I love it. Where you are exposing the realness behind all the madness. Mm-hmm. Like you said in the beginning, no, you said in the middle, um, about, well, who's right? Is this person right? Is that person right? I'm and nothing has changed, because this was when Christ was on the planet. And before. Everybody's disciples fighting each other. Mm-hmm. Well, who's this one? Who should we follow? And whatever. And when you said, but the question you should be asking is, but what's the word that God is saying? What's mm-hmm. the word? Mm-hmm. Then you will be able to determine who, who? Who, who's who, who's on which side. Um, so just breaking that down. Yeah, somebody said this message needs to be on CNN. Yes. <laughs> um, my goodness. You, just liberty as the quote for sin. Mm-hmm. We have so many questions about salvation because truly how we get saved is never really explained in most churches. It isn't. And we tell people that because somebody says a prayer, and says the name of Jesus, they are really saved. They have really made him the Lord of their life, and no, there is no other pathway they can be on,
0: mm-hmm.
2: naming the name of Christ. But that's not true. And so you, uh, I can find, as the apostles always have done, the genuine ones. Genuine. All right. Of laying down what Christ meant, what he's talking about. But I'm the way. I'm the truth, I'm the life. And so people are picking other ways. Mm-hmm. They're picking other truths. They're picking other lies. So, naming the name of Christ because there are many Christ. You know, these false Christ. And having false salvation, false Christianity, false, mm-hmm. false crosses and false history. All in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's not Some Jesus. It's not the one that's going to get you. You know, we act
3: like Jesus was the only one who bore his name when he was here.
2: Right. Well, because most people don't realize
3: it was a popular name.
2: Yes. And a lot of people were impersonators and hmm
3: Today. Mm-hmm.
2: It was lucrative then. And, if, and this is lucrative now. <laughs> you know how to tell that gospel. And so, uh, but the, quote, the definition of pretentiousness, outward appearance, uh, pretext, uh, showy disguise. Mm-hmm. And how it's like when you get to a certain place, it's, it's just, this whole thing, again, expose. <laughs> you know, I found new media toys. No, you didn't. That has news headings mm-hmm. and whatever, this kind of thing. Are oh, you gonna run into this. I'm gonna run with this, like, it's a way, right? <laughs> because it's is kingdom news. Yeah, it it's is. like, hey guys, wake up! This is what this looks like. We're defending the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. You know, us defending our right to look like we don't even know what, and still say that God is love. What which one has to, got to do with the other? Mm-hmm. And that's where we have we have this whole ball in this whole argument that is not even the real mm-hmm. argument. And so when you have someone like you as an apostle, teaching us as a
3: saint, um, how to actually
2: understand, but that's not their argument. Does it. not what it. does this have to do with love? Absolutely
3: nothing. Well, unless it's what you love.
2: Right. Why is that even the issue?
3: Mm-hmm. So well, people are putting what love, they love yeah. as God's love. Well, Finish your thought, yeah. because that was going to yeah. be, yeah. be <laughs> I, said, I should. Um, how you said everything in
2: your Christianity is not about your liberty. And that, tying that back to your opening statement about what God had a vision to. He had hope, too.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Salvation
2: is about his hope being fulfilled. Thank you. We are just a byproduct because
3: we're here. Mm-hmm. To we're receive
2: from that. But we really, really do teach that, you know, uh, God's the world. You know, and he did, it, and that's why Jesus died. And we have taken that one scripture and built an mm-hmm. entire empire imposing what we think that should be,
3: mm-hmm.
2: wondering why things are falling. That's like telling somebody all you need Before to get married From the top down? Well, and that's like telling somebody all you need to get married together is love. Just mm-hmm. need love. Mm-hmm. Which why why all these people get getting married for all these crazy reasons that really aren't even love mm-hmm. anyway. But it's just all you need is love to do it. No. No. Mm-mm.
3: No. Because honey, when everything else isn't working, you're not interested in love anyway. I need you to pay my rent, bring some food, hold down a job. Remember my birthday. I
2: need to get married to be. Dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm.
3: Wow. So what are our, what are our, our viewers saying? Uh,
2: say so, woman of God. Come on, Dr. Price. I already said that one. Mm-hmm. Dr. Price is an authentic apostle. Someone said, can't argue with the truth. <laughs> not, when you, not when you want to in
3: the truth. That's true. Uh, That's let's
2: true. see, bombs dropping. Someone said, every time I get the Prophecy Dictionary, somebody doesn't give back to me.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and toward the end of it, somebody said, kill the
3: things. Yeah, seducing spirits, doctrines of devils, commandments of men, cloak for your sins. <laughs>
2: somebody said, it's hard to listen to you and we'll go to
3: another church. Good, come home. Because <laughs> scripture organic. Culturally, are modified Christianity. Um, you, I, I want to say to you, all of you who are listening today, pass this on. You say it should be heard, then you pass it on. 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 And uh, oh, pass it on. And uh, so that you yourself can be the person who is spreading the truth. I may have articulated it, but you can spread it, and you spread it around because the church is confused. We are constantly saying, I don't know who to believe. I Believe Jesus. Let's start with that. And you can't believe Jesus without getting in his word. We want the shortcut to Christian faith. We have the shortcut to divine revelation. There is no shortcut. It is line upon line upon line, precept upon precept upon precept. I live for the Lord Jesus Christ, not the one that I'm seeing on TV, the one that when people wear on their shirt, the one folks burning in their skin. All of that are fake Christ. I live for the man who, who is the Logos of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. God does everything by his word. God said heaven and earth will pass away, but his word, come on, somebody got to hear that thing. We won't have a planet before Jesus' word fails. We will be out of the planet. We will, this will be a wasteland like it started before Jesus lets his word fail, which is why he is stepping up, and he's becoming a, a very boisterous and very determined. Prophet Adia, <laughs>
4: <laughs> Doctor Paula Price. Yeah, Dr. <laughs> Paula Price.
3: <laughs> you can pick up on that, right?
4: <laughs> you know, I don't know, mic dropped today. I just uh I love how you you make us responsible for finding out the truth and not letting us give a bunch of excuses why we're confused and we don't know it. Um, that is strong Christianity right there. You said something years ago, Christianity is not for cowards. And this is the kind of real talk we really need to understand. We, we put a lot of things out there for reasons why we're so confused. It's just so many doctrines, and I don't know. And I love how you just really uh, just shattered the glass on that today to say, uh, if you want to know the truth, read your Bible. You know, if you want to know the truth, then go to your God. And putting the onus on us to take responsibility for our Christianity. It's our job to make sure we're doing this right. It's nobody's job. It's not your preacher's job. It's not your teacher's job. It's not your mentor's job. It's not your father and the Lord's job. It's not any of that. It's our responsibility to make sure that we are pleasing this man the way that he wants to be pleased and serving him the way he wants to be served. And we can always count on you to tell us that. So I appreciate it today. Just hashtag mic drop. Everybody needs to listen to this. And we need to start taking responsibility for how we're doing Christianity and stop
3: giving ourselves
4: excuses for doing it wrong.
3: Exactly. I I love it. And, and, And the other thing is that over and over again, God tells us, your liberty is not to lead to someone else's captivity. If you want to say, what is it that I can take away from here in a single statement, my liberty ought not lead someone else into captivity. See, because you went into captivity by by choice, but others are following you uh, under deception. So if you want people to follow you based on your liberty, then it needs to look like Christ. And if it looks like every devil that God cast out on the cross, then you have to recognize you are leading people into captivity. And I'm going to say this before we go close off of Periscope. When you lead people into captivity, you may, and I used to say this, because people say, well, why do you say such things? Some things you should say secretly and whatever. But, you know, there are some audiences you'll never get that mix again. And so you need to be willing to tell the truth to every audience because uh, if I'm error, if I fall in error, I can go and repent, but that audience will never know that I repented and will never get the opportunity for repentance that I have because they believe me. I'm diligent in the truth because I don't want you all to be in a position where I have led you to error and thus caused the hand of judgment to fall on you, your life, and your family. And that's what happens when you stay in a person who preaches that kind of crazy long enough. That judgment on that head comes down on your life like the oil on Aaron's beard. Because we only think good things come down from the leader. No, everything that comes. Come on, everything that that leader has takes on to become powerful, to become renowned, to become successful runs down to you because it comes out of their mouth and it comes out of their hands when they pray for you, their mouth when they teach you. So you rest assured it won't be long before you'll start seeing these congregations' people suffer because the people suffer first because they don't stand in the same place. The people suffer. You go in churches where people are dying left, right, north, and south, you need to find out what that leader brought in. You need to find out who that leader sanctioned or what that leader sanctioned. You go there and you find out people can't keep jobs. People can't keep the businesses don't go. God won't move. I mean, God just won't move. You know, you have them days. God just, I ain't moving. I'm I'm not moving. But you need to recognize it is your like. Uh, uh, Prophet dealer just said it is your job because your security and your family security is in Jesus Christ. And when people step away from Christ, you can rest assured that church is going to go into severe trial. There's going to be fallout and bleed out for years. And one thing you have to learn about a church is you don't give it the first pop because a church's bleed out just keeps increasing until it's gone. All right. Well, we're going to go to. Um, Periscope is going to go to Block Talk. Someone put that number up there for us so that people will know the number to call. Uh huh. Yes, it's been up. Yes. And so we have a special guest. Now, listen, don't get tense if we don't give you all your calls this week. And then don't punish me next week by not calling, okay? That's the deal with you guys. Because, see, we got a relationship, guys. Don't punish. don't punish me. Because, you know, you ought to do that stuff. You get all mad, pounding. But our not going to get asked. But it's your question that doesn't get answered. And it's your prayer that doesn't get you know, through. And your prophecy that doesn't fall in your ears. So remember, there are days that God tells us to do something different. This is the week we're launching our school. Uh, we have our brandy new provost here who is going to sit with me, and we're going to go through We're going to learn about him and understand what's going on. I'm going to be with him in a couple of weeks in Portland. He's going to tell you about that. So we're going to take a short break, give you an opportunity to shift over to Blog Talk Radio, and Prophet um, hmm, Ashley is going to give us some wonderful messages that we need to know about Paula Price and world. <laughs> <laughs> Profit to
4: all right, guys. You've been listening live to the Paula Price Show. We're here every Thursday from eleven o'clock a.m. to one p.m. Central, and we thank you for tuning in. If this is your very first time, thank you for listening. Make this your Thursday broadcast. Visit us online at blogtalkradio.com/paula-price-show. Blogtalkradio.com/paula-price-show so that you can RSS feed to the website, and you'll get notified every time the Paula Price Show is about to go live. Visit us online to Dr. Price's website and join our mailing list. You can visit her there online at drpaulaaprice.com. Again, Dr. Paula A. Price. Dot com And join our mailing list so that you'll get all the information about Paula Price Ministries and all of the announcements, upcoming events, when Dr. Price is going to be traveling, news about new products, and more. So join our mailing list online at com. All right, if you're just jumping on the line and you'd like to speak with Dr. Price in the second hour, press number one right now so that we can go ahead and get to your calls. We want to speak to you, want to minister to you, and we want to hear all about what Dr. Price is doing with Price University and everything else so again press number one so that you can speak to Dr. Price in the second hour because we want to go ahead and get to your calls a few announcements that we want to give you guys before we jump into the second segment today Coming up here in Portland, Oregon, Dr. Paula Price will be there in Portland with the Northwest Prophetic Institute. Dr. Also will be telling you guys all about it. Those dates are the sixth through the eighth in October. So if you are in that area, stay tuned. Stay tuned to Dr. for more details about how you can get yourself registered. And Dr. Al Spears will be giving you some information about how you can get yourself registered on the Prophetic Institute website. So again, October sixth through the eighth that's coming up. And then coming. Coming up here for us in Tulsa, some of you guys have already begun registering. You need to register. We'll be here November 15th through the 18th for the New Era Apostleship Summit with Dr. Paula Price, special guest Apostle Keith Johnson, Dr. Edgar Gonzalez, Dr. John Swales from ORU will be a special guest speaker at the Dignitaries Dinner. Minister Tony Mason and Dr. Nashawn Walker will be with us along with many other of of Dr. Price's apostles from her network, her praise and worship team. It's going to be a really powerful event and you don't want to miss out on this. Visit us online at drpaulaprice.com and click events and register the Buy One get one special is still happening right now buy one get one um, for a total of $140 so if you split it with a friend you each go for $70 it's a great deal Sign up now. Take advantage of buy one, get one while it's still available at drpaulaaprice.com. Early bird registration runs through the beginning of October, so don't miss out. $99 per person. Again, get all your registration details. We're going to be at the Tulsa Southern Hills Crown Plaza um, in the heart of South. So just across the street from ORU. And again, uh, all the registration details about the hotel, you can also find online when you are booking, for your hotel, make sure you specify Paul of Price Ministries to get our special rate. If you have questions about registering for the New Era Apostleship Summit in November, give us a call at 877-419-1299. Again, 877-419-1299. We want to take your calls and we'll answer all your questions about getting yourself registered for the Groups, groups, and more groups. If you want to bring a group, there are group rates available, and those group rates do not have a deadline. So if you're listening on the line and you're saying, look, I want to bring a group of five or more, then give us a call, and we'll get you all set for your groups. Last but certainly not least, I saved the best for last today, Price University. We are enrolling, guys. It's hopping over here in Tulsa. We're getting all of our students ready to, to start online. Starts tomorrow, September 15th. Campus starts on Monday, the 17th. And we are on our way. But it's not too late for you. Spring semester starts January 8th. January 8th starts spring semester. You can also enroll all semester long for our non-degree programs um, and find out about our classes and certificate programs and all of that good stuff. So, listen, visit us online, PriceUniversity.org, PriceUniversity.org. Fill out your application today and let us help you take your education to the next level. At Price University, we are learning today so that we can lead tomorrow. So join the ranks. Don't miss out on this, priceuniversity.org. Fill out your application, and we'll talk with you about how you can get the process going to take your education to the next level. All right. Again, before I leave you guys, press number one. You can speak to Dr. Price in the second hour. Prophet Ashley, back
2: to you. All right. Thank you, Prophet Adia. We'll be right back after these messages with. Dr. Paula Price and a very special guest in the second portion of the Paula Price Show.
5: Hi, my name is Chief Prophet Paula Price, and I want to invite you to join me every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time for a riveting and exciting discussion of my favorite book by my favorite author, Yes, Before the Garden, God's Eternal Continuum, written by the one and only Dr. Paula Price. Join us on our weekly journey of studying the history of eternity as it's been revealed through scripture. Learn your God, learn your world, learn yourself, and even your Savior before time began. We're going to discuss revelationary answers to age-old questions like, how did we get here? Why does our planet exist? Does it have a creator? What was on his mind concerning us? And why did he bring Christ and Christianity into our world? Topics like these and more we'll be discussing every Wednesday at 7:30 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can join us on Facebook Live or by Periscope. For more information, visit www.tallaprice.com. That's www.tallaprice.com.
6: Dr. Paula Price invented an online assessment series that took Bible Ministers' core attributes and requirements and created insightful questions that tells you how God created you to serve His kingdom. The Minister's Assessment Questionnaire determines your dominant gifts and faculties, the temperaments that best fit them, character assets, competence level and reliability, mastery, accuracy, and more. The Prophetic Aptitude Questionnaire is tailor-made to identify your mantle, sphere, emphasis, classification, communication style, delivery maturity, readiness, and more. Don't wait. Take your assessment right after today's show at www.ppmglobalresources.com. If you are a leader wanting to assess your team, visit the site to schedule a demonstration or call 877-419-1299 and ask for Chief Prophet Tala Price to discuss our group options.
7: New Era Apostleship Restitution, or NEAR, is a kingdom collaborative founded by Dr. Paula Price that unites God's New Era ministries, visions, and ventures Businesses and professionals in powerful, productive, and profitable ways that are mutually beneficial to all involved. Based on your level of membership, joining NEAR will give you access to assessment-based coaching and mentorship, personal ministry training and education, ministry credentialing and accreditation, spiritual covering and intervention, vision and ministry development, business and professional development, and more. Visit www.joinnear.com for membership and benefits information. That's www.joyinnear.com.
1: Welcome to PPM Global Resources, your one stop ministry resource company. Whether ministry, professional, or personal, our products cover a diverse range of subjects, topics, and ministry issues that hit the center of where you are. If God has called you to it, we want to help you do it. Explore the possibilities to conquer your world. Where are you going today? Ready to launch your own ministry? Want to develop a ministry training program? Looking for credible ministry education? You want guidance or direction maybe you just want to discover who you are if you are a purpose seeker looking for fresh resources new ministry solutions and endless possibilities then welcome to PPM Global Resources a ministry and professional resources company dedicated to meeting the needs of the 21st century minister why choose PPM Global because you want something better we help Build your vision, educate you in your calling, train you to succeed, teach you valuable skills, equip you to achieve, release you to conquer your world. Our business is your interests, whether ministry, professional, or personal. Our products cover a diverse range of subjects, topics, and ministry issues that hit the center of where you are. Think of us as your personal vision support team. If God has called you to it, we want to help you do it. Your success is our passion. Check us out online or contact us at 877-649-PPMG.
2: All right, and we are back for the very special second portion of this second week's episode of, this. of the Paula Price Show with the one and only Dr. Paula A. Price, author, fictionary, and many more titles.
3: Perfect. Indeed, Prophet Ashley, many more titles.
0: Yeah,
3: well, we just say that. Many more titles. Enough, many, many more t- I know. I'm just picking at you. But I want to say today that I am honored to have in the studio with me, and here in Tulsa, because you know we're launching our school tomorrow, Dr. Ull Spears, who is also the, our provost for Price University. He's the man that's going to get all of the other stuff done. I'm excited about it. We've had a great team. And uh, next week I hope we'll be able to actually have some more of the team together, our faculty and some of our directors, because God has blessed us with some magnificent, highly capable people who are educated, skilled, and can make this happen. So I'm going to do two things right now. I want to have Dr. Spears introduce himself, give a little bit of his background and what qualifies him. For this position, and then he told me he'd like we can make a couple comments on the XOR training before we get into what we're doing here at Price University in Tulsa, Oklahoma.
7: Very good, thank you, Dr. Price. So first of all, I want to say this is a, it's an honor for me to be here um, to sit with my chief apostle and to support you and to partner with you in launching Price University. Yay! So um, I guess as far as me, my background. Um, uh, 15 years of pastor, uh, pastor ministry. Um, about 10, 15 years of teaching ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, also, but you
3: teach now at university. Yeah, I teach right? now.
7: Yeah, I teach it at, at University of uh, George Fox University. Mm-hmm. I teach at Warner Pacific College. Mm-hmm. Um, taught at Multnomah University in Portland, Oregon. And so I teach adult degree learners. Um, do curriculum. Um, I do a lot of uh, partnering with other faculty. And to bring in um uh, new curriculum and new ways to do education, and um just excited to be here um, so just kind of the the mix of ministry, the mix of education, the mix of the apostolic and prophetic
0: mm-hmm.
7: um to me brings this brand new this branding of of of, uh, of education that you have that God has given you, dr. Price and so um I'm excited because it it brings another. Uh, way in which apostles and prophets
3: mm-hmm. can
7: number one be accredited, get an accredited education, can get a real scientific education, mm-hmm. and not you know not devotions, not devotions. <laughs> you know not Bible study. not Bible study, no certificate. Uh, not, like no scientific. Mm-hmm. So um, and then also it brings um, the, the real power of God, mm-hmm. it brings the Word of God, yes. and so um, just excited about that, and excited mm-hmm. that God is hidden it in you. For all these years oh Lord and my God he did. <laughs> and now is releasing into the world
3: yeah I'm excited about yeah. it now you said something before we uh, came back from the break you mm-hmm. said that I have been what training my whole life for this yeah tell me what you mean about that
7: yeah yeah, yeah. I mean just since I've known you mm-hmm. um, and that's years, how long it's, I've been with you ten years
3: okay so I, people don't know that you've been there ten years. No,
7: ten years and then I I, I, I did I studied you, and I vetted you for about seven, eight years before I needed to know if Dr. Price was biblical, which is yes. I needed to know if, if you were, where you kind of were coming from. And I was thoroughly convinced as an educator mm-hmm. and as a, I, I, I wouldn't call myself a theologian, but I'm into the word. Yeah. I'm into the Bible. And so um, I came to the conclusion that you're a woman of God and that you have um, a sound biblical mind and construct uh, to be able to really move uh, this next generation in the, in the direction they need to go. So what I mean by that, that God is, has been preparing you is I watched you mm-hmm. walk through different phases, different parts of life. Um, I, I watched you walk through um, just God downloading the information to you. You you walk through. Of really testing the information that God gave you <laughs> to see, you in know, real life, in real life. <laughs> and then, then I watched you um, kind of shed this old you, mm-hmm. yeah. And then I saw you just kind of, and I, it's funny because I smile every time I see when I see you stand up on Sunday, mm-hmm. when I see you when I see you on the broadcast weekly. I just smile, you know, and I always tell people I said. I'm so happy, but look, Dr. Price is so happy because of just, i walk, I seen you go through the whole thing. So that's what I mean is I've seen you go through the process. You watched my cocoon, didn't you? Yes, I did. I watched you go through just all of that, and then, I mean, look at this.
3: Yeah. Well, you know, I want to say to everyone here, that this is, I might have been the one that's carrying the burden, and I, of course, did the work in terms of, you know, preparing the product, but this is a group effort. It's near, first of all, New Era Apostleship, Restitution, are collaborative. Those apostles pray every Monday morning. They are there, all of them that are on that commission program. They pray, and I mean they're moving things. And then we have the prophets of near. You guys are on Wednesday, Wednesday. morning. Wednesday morning. And they pray. My team is on the phone every day doing something. We also have people who have come to us that I've come to, uh, in contact with and connected with through Facebook and uh, Periscope who have joined us here. Mm-hmm. You will be surprised when you come to church Sunday mm-hmm. to see how many come-homes we have in the congregation now. I mean sitting we I said, Okay God, so you really want this and we still have they're coming home weekly mm-hmm. coming home to scripture, organic, cultural and modified Christianity. Yes. But I wanted to take a moment to say this is a group effort. Even your ten years of faith in me when you knew I was still pushing to get it out. It was it's a group effort and and oftentimes people think that Things this large happen because of the front runner or because of some sort of lone ranger. Right. That is not the case. We are a team. Right. I love the fact that we're a team, but we are a team in the Lord Jesus yes. Christ. Yes, ma'am. So what else would you like to talk about? Because well, you know you're so full.
7: Yeah, I, I'm very full. I mean,
3: you know, I, I'll be straight. I,
7: what if you, are,
3: you, you are you are, a, uh, what do you call it, a doctoral degree prophet. Yeah, I, I, I am. I love that. I, I think that's a great <laughs> thing. Am. A real... Votified profit with a Doctor. doctor's degree mm-hmm. from
7: Regent, Regent University and a DSL doctorate of strategic leadership. And it was very arduous <laughs> and difficult. It made a grown man cry. And you did it while you were doing <laughs> and our I program. did it while I did the program. And God would not allow me to not do it. He said, you're going to do both. Both
3: of them. And, and you survived. And so I survived. You. Yes. And now you're the man of the time. Yeah. You know, there's a hope in this thing. <laughs> and that's why so many people... Um, Off, I think, are hesitant because they've tried so many things. They've seen so many starts, this, that, and the other. So they don't really. It's like it sounds good. And if you're listening, I might be talking to you. It sounds really good. I really feel it. I mean, I feel it in my spirit. The Lord is talking to me about it. And then you get that voice of the past. But remember the last time. And then there was so and so. And you remember this one did so, and that one did this. I am not new. I've been at this thing since 1985. I have been committed to the Lord Jesus Christ since 1985, and I have worked and labored for him. Now, why am I saying this? Not to toot my own horn, but hopefully to give you a sense of peace and comfort if God is calling you to be a part of what we're doing here in Tulsa, whether it's to come to school for a specified period of time or whether it's to re- relocate to uh, come home to Tulsa, Congregation of the Mighty. If even one, We are here for you, but I know the skepticism that you must feel. I know the cynicism that you must feel. Hey, guess what I did? I had to live through that when God was telling me this was going to happen. I had to deal with that. And he, you know, over time Mm -hmm. made me understand it. But you could understand why people would be hesitant like that, I'm sure. Oh,
7: yeah. Oh, yeah. And and I think what they don't know about you is not that you're highly educated, not that you're well-versed and (laughs) well-learned. What they don't know is that you're a mentor,, yes. you're a trainer mm-hmm. um, you're somebody who vets everything you do yeah. before you say it. Mm-hmm. you know you're not somebody who speaks off the cuff yeah you, that's you, you, true. you, some, you know and mm-hmm. so why am I saying that, that I think that's important when you get involved with a, a university like this. Yes. Because you want to know that what you're getting is not something, and I'm going back to devotion. Mm-hmm. It's not something you just got in your book, devotion. It's something mm-hmm. that you've studied over the years yeah. and that you've now laid down as a strong foundation mm-hmm. for, you know, uh, for the future of right yes. university.
3: Well, let me ask you this. You remember, because this is something I get to put you on the spot. Okay. <laughs> now, you remember that we're not new. It's Price University mm-hmm. today, but it was Kingdom Embassy University yes, before. Right. I understand you were one of the prophets that were instrumental in the shift. Can you share that with us? Yes. Yeah, it, we went in prayer.
7: We are doing a lot of prayer. Um, Prophet, uh, Chief Prophet, uh, Prophet Dawkins, I think it was also uh, Prophet Angela, mm-hmm. and we all kept on our own,
2: mm-hmm. we were
7: praying an individual. We can't we said, God keeps saying Price University.
0: Mm-hmm.
7: And so, you know, we we brought, came together and we talked about it and we brought it to you.
0: Mm-hmm. And we
7: said Price University, I think at first you you're a little like, uh, oh, you like, know me. Yeah, yeah, you do not want to do that. Okay. But there was an oral office university. Mm-hmm. And, there, you know, there's all kinds of other universities that have been named after people. And if we're going to get the Paula Price brand mm-hmm. of... Scripture Organic Culture on Modified Christianity, then we might as well, we might want to name it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and so they brought it to me, and I was like, no, but it should be neutral. You know, it shouldn't, you don't know, have the whole problem with the neutrality right, right, right. And, and all of that. And the Holy Spirit said, but I want your brand. Yeah. He said, and I want your brand taught by you through your school, yeah. and I want your name on it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I was stunned because I thought, wow, mm-hmm. you know, I would have never dreamed that because I would have done this for God. I don't care what He needed. You know, God gets what He wants. Mm-hmm. That's my role in, in this planet. So once we once we change it. Now that you know that's Price University, you know we are on an apostolic, prophetic foundation. Yes, yes. yes. That's right. And you also know that we are obviously branding scripture, organic, mm-hmm. culturally modified Christianity. Price University slogan model is Learn today, leads mm-hmm. tomorrow. Yes. So with all of that. Mm-hmm. What is it that you want to bring to this school, and which is literally going to kickstart God's next move?
7: Yeah, yeah. I, I want to bring a. Um, I, I think I'm most excited about the freshness and the the newness mm-hmm. of this education, because I think that. And somebody I, I prophesied this over me one time and said, people think that all the ways to do education has been done.
3: I know, right? <laughs> 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 which I thought yeah. I had a great
7: I mean, and so that's what I'm most excited about. And I think what I bring is uh, an ability to really support you in, in bringing that forth, that brand, mm-hmm. that that new brand, and and to help the students, to help the teachers to kind of shed the old mm-hmm. and to step into the new, you know, because um, if they're able to do that, I think we, we, we get a generation, you know,
0: yeah, yeah. we get
7: a generation and, you know, as you know, we, some, we've lost some. So we get a generation, and we're able to lead them in, into the future.
3: And I, and I love that. Now, before we go, I think I, I might even maybe get one or two calls in there, maybe. Depends, because this is really inter- needful. But you've dealt with Christian education for a lot of years. Yes. Is that true? That's true. Even on the post-secondary level? That's true. What is it that you feel that you know because of your experience, because many of them don't know you have a very impressive resume, vitae if you will, mm-hmm. of of achievements for all these years. But what is it, knowing Christian education the way you do, mm-hmm. and, and handling it the way it's been done? Mm-hmm. What is it that we do so differently, uh, differently enough for you to be here today in Tulsa?
7: I would say uh, it's not just clinical. Hmm. I think what you do is you you do the the discipline of clinical, and you do the clinical research. But the thing that keeps me around and keeps me pushing is the praxis.
2: Mm-hmm. it's
7: yeah. the, It's the praxis. It's the part that says, mm, you're not finished yet. Mm-hmm. Just because you have the knowledge, you don't have this you don't have you haven't worked walked it out yet. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I say. that's where the mentoring, that's where the training that's where the vetting that's where the eventually the certification, the certifying mm-hmm. of these apostles and prophets credentialing. comes in yeah credentially comes in too because you know you need to, to to see whether or not these students have more than just knowledge mm-hmm. you know and so i think the marrying of and bringing in of both of those the clinical the theory mm-hmm. but also the practical and the pra- that praxis mm-hmm. Brings this. This it makes this to me. And this is my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I think that's from. I think it's from my experience. I think it's the premier new system and mold and brand of Christian education.
3: Mm. Well, I, I pray for it, and and it's true. I did. We did work at it, and I've worked at it a long time. One of the things that I realized is that Christians are talking.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: They're not so good at walking and working. There you go. They just talking. You, you know. So I mean, many of the arguments that we even have about people who have just heard and, and, and regurgitated, yes. have no idea what it looks like, what it feels like. So that's the first thing that drove me. The other thing was that um, I don't think Christian ministry should just be for Christians. Ah. And that's what we've done. We've made it just for Christians. Yes. So we're useless to the sovereign side of Jesus Christ. So we can handle salvation, we can handle church praise and worship, we can do all of those kinds of things. But when it comes to god 's duties and responsibilities to creation to his secular world, we very few of us are interested in doing that, or if we do it, we have to swap out Jesus Christ for all the other things you know mm-hmm. um, I remember what first started my my journey here was when I was in the library in New Jersey and I was studying. You know, uh, colleges, universities this is way back, maybe eighty five, eighty six. But I remember them uh, coming across the first slogan of Harvard University. You know, and their mission statement was to, to prepare men and women for the gospel of Jesus Christ to go ye into all the world. Now, many people don't know that. That's an Ivy League school today, but it began on that foundation of of that, and and, and their scripture was John seventeen three. Mm. I will never forget it because I then went to study all of those other schools and found out very similar beginnings and very similar foundations. And so why am I bringing this out? I'm bringing it out because, in truth, God's been working at this for a century. But we are a century in the making in God. Right. And I watched and I, tried, I studied the history of those schools and when they began to turn and when secularism began to take over and, you know, when we began to throw Christ out and then we just gave him a little campus over there with the theology school or something. And, hey, I don't knock that. I mean, people go the way they go, but they do what they do. But God started all of these colleges, and he started all of these universities, and very few of them started outside of Jesus Christ. Very few. Do your homework. You can say that, seriously. I studied it because that's what gave me the guts to say, well, then we need to do this, and so I did. You know, I, I began to write the curriculum. I studied it. I mean, goodness, so many libraries here in uh, in UK because you know they have great books. I love their books. I always do. And so, but I studied those things, and I wanted to find out what happened. You know, what happened? Wouldn't you like to know what happened? Wow. And so I wanted to find out what happened. And and, and near as I can tell, uh, as, as as because we confine Christianity or Christian education to preaching the gospel and winning souls, mm-hmm. we fail to uh, benefit mm-hmm. the body, uh, benefit the world outside of that. Now, but but it's weird that we did uh, because mm-hmm. those programs had well. I don't know how many of them did. Then I know some of the early ones. They had other things and other elements. They had herbology. They had some medicine. They had some science. They had some this and they had some that. But but something made them dump the Christ and keep the wisdom mm-hmm. or keep the knowledge. And so for for... <laughs> Well well over a century, God has been trying to do this, and then he'll raise up a Christian school, and it'll go secular. He'll raise up another one, and it'll go secular. And so so much so that they, you know, some of them, you can't talk about the Holy Ghost, you cannot speak the Bible, and that's the other thing. They just dumped the Bible and began to teach books about it. So I was thinking, well, maybe the Bible's not good enough. When I broke the seal on that thing, I began to realize, we really did our Savior a disservice Wow. You know, we really did. And so I want uh, we want to do together, but I wanted a curriculum that worked for Jesus Christ, past, present, and future. Mm-hmm. I wanted people to, to walk away knowing why he's the Logos, knowing what it is, but also being able to uh, to employ and deploy his wisdom in various professional capacities. That's where I am right now.
7: Wow. And, and I know that, and you've told me this many times, that the wisdom of God is mm-hmm. one of the utmost things. Mm-hmm. Is is being able to dispense that. I mean, wisdom, Paul. What? Wisdom,
3: exactly. And wisdom's the principal thing. Okay. And here's the part that's so important. It's not just wisdom, because we confuse wisdom with head knowledge, or right. wisdom with intelligence, and or, or wisdom with no knowledge. But wisdom is a literally a composite mm-hmm. of everything that replaces ignorance with useful knowledge wow. and ability. Wisdom literally is the catch-all for all of that working in synergy. So I wanted that. We have a, one of our courses, one that I'm doing, is Apostolic Prophetic Bible Education. Okay. I know, right? Yeah. Can we be in that class? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You want to be in that class? uh uh-huh. Well, I can't keep you out. Okay, because I'm going to school I'll just drop it. Okay, because <laughs> you, <can drop> <laughs> you know you run school. Yeah. So I got, but yeah, and, and the reason I did that class is because uh, my research, my study of Scripture, says that the apostles, the apostle and the prophets, are the mentor, the uh, authoring mantles of the Bible, and we've never learned the Bible from their authoring mantles. We learned the Bible from the evangelists. We've learned the Bible from the pastor, we've learned the Bible from the the, the teacher, but these are all intra, they're within the ecclesia. The mantles that authored scripture did so before there was an ecclesia, and then after the ecclesia was born, they also did it when the ecclesia was in people and not in building. And
7: this is in the class?
3: It's in the class. Okay. Well, it's part of it. It's a huge textbook. You know, I wrote a textbook. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and so we have a nice, hefty textbook talking about that, walking you through why, making a case for uh, the apostles and prophets credentialing and credibility, making a case for establishing them at the head of the Lord's church, mm-hmm. because they did, you know, many people don't know that the apostles and prophets predate the church, and yet the church is defining these mantles, these offices, and how they function, so I decided, let's, let's, Break that through, and then I have a new uh, – you, you you I'm not even going to tell you. I have a new, um, uh, a new branch of religious learning and Bible learning that is the flip side of theology. Mm. So it's a great class, but that's one of the things okay. that we've done. We have another one where I, I'm teaching before the garden sure. because it's our Christology textbook. And so I'm literally, as the author, teaching before the garden. We have numerous um, other uh, st- subjects that have nothing to do with the degree plan. I mean, we have training, praise and worship, psalmism, mediation, arbitration, development, lesson planning. It's a full package. Yeah. And we are doing this, this for the graduates that we have. After they learn, they lead, Because we have got to put Jesus Christ back at the head of World Table. Okay. And we can't do it if his people are not intelligent and articulate. Yes. So I'm going to say, Prophet Ashley, are you there? I am here. She is there. So do we have any callers?
2: Oh, yes, ma'am, you have callers.
3: Uh huh. Well, we're going to play with um, some callers today as soon as I find something to write with. <laughs> He's getting something to write with, and so we're going to do callers. And if you are listening, if you're on the line and you have, oh,
0: that's okay.
3: Go around. If you're on the line and you have a question or a uh, comment for um, based on what we're talking about today, whether it's the school or the school subject matter, whether it's um, a, a prayer request, let us know. But we definitely want to hear two things from you. We want to hear your thoughts on our extra training, and we also want to hear your um, thoughts on Price University or what we're discussing today about Christian education. It doesn't even have to be the university. Okay, Prophet Ashley.
2: All right, Dr. Price, we have first on the line today Nakai calling from Bermuda, Bermuda and she needs prayer. Nakai, welcome to the Paula Price Show. Hello.
3: Hi, Nakai, how are you doing?
2: Hi, Dr. Price. (laughs) It's to Hey, guys, how are
3: you doing? (laughs) You sound like you're an old man now. Uh, That's part of the problem, (laughs) Dr. Price. We feel like it. I'm sure. How how are you all doing?
2: Well, um, having done all to stand, we are standing with the full armor of God. But on the flip side... I've developed high blood pressure. I have third kidney kidney disease. I have one kidney. My mother's had a heart attack last September. Um, she's still not doing well. And um, pretty much we are just beat to a pulp. Wow.
3: wow. What is going on in your country that you are facing such brutal warfare? Pardon? I said, what is going on in your country that has you all facing such br- brutal warfare?
2: Well, we actually just had a complete change in our government from one party to another party.
3: Um, but, yes, yeah, sp- spiritually, the, spiritually the, the island is in a very, um, I would say, a, confused, a a very confused state um and and to be honest we we really don't to, to be honest that's that's one of the questions that we've been asking and and waiting for the lord
2: to uh and waiting for the lord to uh, um, you know give us give us some direction and answer on 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 just
3: what what really is going on and and you know how has, how is he expecting us to get through to be honest. <laughs> Okay, so let me say this. I want to say a couple of things that I think need to be said. The first thing I know is that. Um, but before I answer you, let me let's take a step back in the car. You went there to work for the education department, is that not right? Do I remember that correctly? You went there to work for the education department, is that not right? Do I remember that
0: correctly?
2: Yes, that's correct. Hello. Yes. Did you hang up? Yes, oh, yes that is correct.
3: Okay, that is correct. So, <laughs> so what happened with that?
2: Um, basically, I'm no longer working there. They do not want me anywhere near them.
3: Okay. Well... I think that I think what you're going to need to do before I answer you is you're going to need to go to my website drpaulaaprice.com and sign up for a prophetic advisement. You need yes. much more than we can give you on this call. But now, having said that, I want you to know that the kind of warfare you're talking about tells me that that you somebody. Either God is not, did not want you to be in that land, and so there is no favor for you in that land, there's no place for you, which means there was something here that you probably would have done better taking than going to there for whatever reason. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is that the spiritual warfare has to have a reason. I know that we've been taught that, you know, the devil just arbitrarily jumps up and starts picking at us or picking fights with us or throwing things at us. But every time I study scripture, I learn that God's in control. So the question is, why is what happened between you and
1: God that he is not
3: intervening in this?
2: I don't know. And but um, that is
3: what... We- yeah, we have to figure out. Now I don't know whether you connected with somebody you shouldn't have connected with, been in a relationship with someone that you shouldn't have, whether you ticked off the wrong person, whether there is. But but this is all spiritual. We're not even talking about the material uh, backlash from what you're suffering. There is some breach of covenant in the spirit realm, and it is literally keeping God from intervening. It's okay. And so you have to sit down. And really, I mean, obviously, I still want you to take the advisement, but you'll have to sit down and and talk with your your uh, your sons, but also talk with the Lord because God, for some reason, His ear is not open to you, and that's doesn't you know that only happens when something very severe has offended him, either hurt his feelings, you kicked him out, you, you know, betrayed him. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm right now just laying out possibilities. But something happened that stopped God from feeling like he wants to rescue you. Now, I'm going to pray because I will pray. But I'm not going to pray that, okay, God, just heal just because. I'm going to pray that God feels that you are ready to hear his issues and that he can present his case to you because there is a case. And the case is in the spirit, and has to do with you and the Lord, you and your Savior. You know, it's very important that we get that as Christians because we're in a day where God is not treating us as babies. He's making us accountable for his salvation. He's making us responsible to him as our Savior. He's making us duty-bound to obey him and fulfill his will. See, these are different things because he's not treating us as children or adolescents any longer or preventive. He's treating us now as adults. What we should be able to do now, in order for you to me to make sense out of that, think about your own your own sons. There are things that you know they ought to be able to do, and and be able to handle on their own, and and also their respect and you know there's respect and uh, and uh, responsibility or at least accountability to you that they should have as adult sons. Well, you and God are somewhere something from the time you either hit that land or Prior to whatever that is something has offended him to the point that he is not going to deal with anything else until you clear it up. And and that's what God. God just wants us to clear up. This. Do you know? Do you know that you offended me? Do you know that you violated my covenant? Do you know that you did this or that? He just needs you to do that because you are being bludgeoned. And there is a reason why God is doing this. He is And I great. get that. Yeah, and I know I've you do. I've
2: poured it all out. I've poured it all out before the Lord.
3: And... And what did he say?
2: Things are... What did he say?
3: Yeah, I want to know. Because I would you he said nothing. He
2: said, you used to enjoy spending time with me.
3: And you used to take care of him. And so somewhere between you getting in, like when you said about the school, let's, let's go back to the education system. You say they want nothing to do with you. That is a very, very emphatic statement, but that is not a causeless uh, statement. In other words, there is a reason why. So that means that something that you believe, they didn't believe, something you wanted to accomplish, they wanted to accomplish. But whatever it is, it, it hit on what God wanted to get done. And the fact that, that what it took for you to ingratiate yourself to those people didn't happen it means that God was left
2: out. Okay, I've always believed that Revelation, the kingdoms of the world, have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ. I've always believed that my role in that was my students represent kingdoms, whatever area. I'm supposed to reach them, for them to be able to reach God, to get God's will done, or do things God's way. I've always believed that that was my scripture. So that's why I'm profoundly confused.
3: Well, I can hear right now what happened, um, because you you went with a belief system that was going against an established system. There has to be a strategy and a tactic for doing the word of God, the will of God, and the work of God in a secular environment, and it can't be headbutting with us with scripture headbutting against their order or their public duty. One of the things that I have learned, and I I, I really we, we are working on that in my program, and that is there's a way to go into uh, public uh, office or public duty in uh, as a Christian, and we don't do well at it. I don't, and I think we think that, I believe, we think it's a magical thing that, okay, we'll just stand there and, and just say, we're going to do this God's way, and people need to know the Bible, and they need to learn God's kingdom, and on and on and on. And those people are like, well, we already have a kingdom. We're operating on all kingdom constitution We have one. And so sometimes we can be so headstrong on trying to Christianize everything that we literally get God kicked out. I don't I see that I did
2: that, but I, und- I, I hear you, <laughs> and so I understand. I don't think
3: you would see it, because you know why you wouldn't see it? Because you can't hear it. You can't even hear the rationale and the logic of what I'm saying. And it's very difficult to, to go into these worlds and try to do all of this, but we must first go in uh, under God's sovereignty before we start mandating salvation. God is over these countries. He's over these schools. He's trying to raise us up to represent him as his children in these environments and in these settings. We cannot go and make everything church.
2: Right.
3: That's what I'm saying. I didn't do that. Like, I didn't
2: get in there and say, you know, and just start preaching scripture.
3: Well, I don't think that's what you did, but I, don't, I think that when you go, I'm going to pray for you, and I believe really sincerely that you're going to do well under that prophetic advisement because you need time to express yourself and you need the latitude to be able to say what you must say. But also the advisor needs to be able to dig a little further into things because sometimes we have blind spots that we don't even know ourselves, but those blind spots are where other people are reacting to and so I'm yes. going to say that because I'll tell you right now, for this yes. for you to be going through all of that, you and God have had a problem, and, and, we're, and our, we're going to work that out. We're just going to do it. So I'm going to pray right now, and then after it's over, go and schedule that, um, that advice. Father God, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Hey Jesus and we bless you we bless you for being the Lord God Almighty we bless you for being the God of truth and revelation and knowledge God I'm asking that you yourself step up into Nakai's world and Lord step up in her soul and walk her through the stages and the issues that have come between you where you feel so offended and your guardianship of this woman's life has, has, has weakened and the hedge of protection that she's known in the past, God, seems to be fractured. I'm asking that you would step in and make it make sense as only you can, because, God, you're the one we have. We don't have anybody else in heaven but you, and you're the only one that we have on earth that cares about us. So I'm asking that you would speak to her, that you would visit her and her son, and that you'll begin to lay out what it is, because, Lord, oftentimes our in extension can really come off another way, and can come off in a way that's detrimental to your cause and your purpose. And I'm asking you, Father, to bless this family. Bless them with your wisdom. Bless them with your knowledge, and bless them with your truth, Lord Jesus. And I'm asking that you would heal her body, and Lord, that you yourself, I'll call, I'll put a moratorium on this assault on their lives, on this assault on their body, and assault on their family. I command you, Satan, stand down, even the spirit that you are using in Bermuda, arising up above them in the name of Jesus Christ, I take my seat of authority that's been given to me and granted by the Lord, and with the power in me, I say, cease and desist. I issue a cease and desist order on you, on you today, and I command you to loose them and go free. Do not touch them. I call healing to move into their house. I call restoration to move into their world. I call, Lord, restoration and replenishment to come in. And Lord, I thank you from this day forward that they are protected. Now, God, we're asking you to do this not according to our righteousness. We're asking you to do it, Lord Jesus, according to your mercy. For your word says you delight in mercy. And so I thank you for being merciful. In Jesus' name. Amen. In and amen. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, we'll talk soon. Don't forget to get that
0: appointment Absolutely. so we can work this way.
3: Okay. God bless. Bye-bye. I'm getting right on it. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Prophet Ashley.
2: Okay, Dr. Price, we have on the line next Jacqueline, our Jacqueline. She's calling from Louisiana, and she would like prayer for guidance and direction. Jacqueline, welcome to the Paula Price Show.
0: Hello, Prophet Ashley, Dr. Price, so good to hear your voices. Of course, I'm on every time you're on. And I just thank Father God for your ministry so much. Praise be to God. And um, I just need some direction today. Um, I went through finally the divorce hearing on August the 22nd. And um, things went totally opposite the way I thought they were going to go. And so fighting for my livelihood and all, I said, well, Lord, (laughs) if this is what you want, then, you know, I'm willing to go through with it. Uh, And at one point, I thought I would appeal, but um, I said, well, Lord, I'm praying. I just need to know what you want me to do. And um, I want to follow through with it. And if my walking away from my life and my sanity is what I was supposed to do and leave it at that, just leave everything behind, then, you know, that's what I want, if that's what you want. And I just want to know where to go from here. (laughs) So So that's my prayer, and I'm asking you.
3: So am I to understand, Jacqueline, that, what you thought you would gain you did not gain and so now you're pretty much depleted
0: yes ma'am
3: all right so you're on your own and you're going to have to believe God and build from the from the uh what do you call it from the beginning and trust me God yes. is well able okay because Amen. I remember I remember us talking about this and talking about this is a situation where God had given you the out and you went back is that right
0: yes ma'am because um That was our first seven years of marriage, and I was not, you know, understanding um, Bible, you know, the Word of God like I have grown to understand it. I had been searching for years, and Father God led me to you in 2012, and I've been coming to all of the conferences, you know, the... um, events that you have, and whenever you show up, if you're where I can get to you as far as Facebook or Periscope or whatever, what have you, and your materials, I just have to have them and just been reading and trying to soak it all in, you know, and um, trying to get to be, uh, hopefully, a part of Price University. And I'm just ecstatic about that because um, the Word of God means so much to me. Yes. Well, and being me, in me, His will. Let me
3: let me jump in on this. The um, so yes, you're going to have to divide it yesterday. But you have to. I'm, I'm being honest with you. You're going to have to say yes, goodbye. Ma'am. And here's why: if God wanted you to appeal it, He wouldn't have let you lose it. So clearly, God wants mm-hmm. you to begin to. Take on seriously the, the the fact that you have to rebuild. Now, I can tell you right now, I'm excited for you. You get a chance to let all of that garbage go. You get a chance to cut ties with yesterday, and you get a chance to get a clean slate and rebuild your life. I know that you can. You're going to have to let go, and you're going to have to say, you know what, God, if, if this is your will, that's it, and mean it. Because, you know, we say it because we need it. but God wants us to mm-hmm. say it because we're and so I want to tell you, that's the first thing. Second thing is, if you're going to have to, I don't know what, what all of this means, I would have to obviously uh, talk to your advisor. I think you, I think there's an advisor for you here. But your, yes, you yourself are going to have to take over for you. And you are a smart lady. You are strong. I know you're smart. You're strong. You're creative and innovative. You can beat this. Yes. You And beat this. So you're gonna have to stop trying to make this man pay for what he should have paid for or didn't pay for and you're gonna have to say, you know what? But my God is bigger than this. And the God that me and that has kept me has a future and a hope for me. That is where you are, right? And, see, I can say this as a woman because I did this. I mean, I've done it alone, just me and the Holy Ghost. And I'm telling you, I found God to be faithful, and I found God to be well able. He is not going to restore that, and i have to be me the one to tell you, it's not going to be restored, and throwing good money after bad is not going to change your fortunes. You are going to change your mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. You are going to be the one. You're going to put that into yes, today and you're going to believe in yourself, and you're going to trust God like baby steps, step by step. You have a business, you have a business mind, and you're going to have to just say, hey, I'm sorry, This I, I thought it was going to go this way. It's not going to go that way, but thank you, God, that my God is with you. So I don't care what anybody else says. Your future is bright.
0: Praise your God. future is Help
3: bright, but it's up to you. To, it's up to you to do something with that brightness But you can stand there yes, and ma'am. look at the glare and blink your eyes and squint, or you can use the light to go and make things happen that you didn't see before.
0: Yes. Praise
3: God. Your future is bright. I'm telling you right now, I'm as clear about that as I am about who Jesus is. Your future is very bright, and he's just waiting for you to let go of that garbage and stop bringing it to him. He's tired of hearing it. He doesn't mm-hmm.
6: want to hear about it
3: anymore. <laughs> He's tired of it. He wants you to come. Yeah. I'm tired of it. I don't want to hear it. And I'm sure he told you that. There are times that God is like, enough already. And for you and this, he said, I killed it. Let it stay dead. Let the dead bury the mm-hmm. dead. You go on yeah. with what God is for you to do and so I need you to go ahead and get get with your advisor let's start out with another plan a new work plan but you cannot keep bringing this to God because if you do you' you're going to get to a point that he's not going to listen to anything you say and won't respond mm-hmm.
0: yeah well um dr price uh, when I bring it to the Lord it's just you know because things keep coming at me when I think um Going in the direction that Father wants me to go in, the next thing I know, the enemy shows his ugly head again, and I just say, well, Lord, what do I need to do? Just If this is not you, just give me that continued peace to walk on, you know, and uh, that I am doing the right thing. And so um, just uh, three times let me within. Just... Yes, ma'am. Go ahead.
3: Let me end this for you. You,
0: okay. The enemy
3: is going to come against you, whether you have this situation or any other. He's doing his job. Mm-hmm. You know, just you yes. have to, for you. You have the court case. Somebody else has sickness. Somebody else has a business. Mm-hmm. Somebody else has family. We yes. all got a, a, a place for the enemy to come in. He cannot be the reason why we don't stand. The why we. Book Amen. You know, because that's going to happen. Because yes. if you. Up the book, or even if God moved you to another country, do you know you would still have the same issues because the common denominator is you? Yes. So now let me pray you through and I want you to get with your advisor and I want to hear you talk about a plan B. My new life. I want you to talk to me. Yes. Next time we talk about mm-hmm. a new life strategy. Okay? New life okay. strategy. Okay. Right? okay. I know it's wounding and all of that, but you can stay in the wounds or you can get up and you can triumph.
0: You I mean what's happening? That's to what you? I wanna do. I want to move on. <laughs> Yes.
3: that's what I want you to do. I want you to talk to your advisor and say, okay, I need my new life strategy. Here's what I'm able to do. These are the things that I know how to do. These are what's in my immediate ability. These are the things that I need to pursue. And you're going to have to do it no matter how weary your soul is, how tired you are. You have to do it because let me just tell you something. You are all you have in the flesh on this planet. And if you don't let God survive for you or if you sit down and think God's going to do all the work, you're going to end up being bankrupt, very poor, and very... Very much struggling in your later
0: years. I can believe that, yes.
3: Yeah, well we all at that stage. You know telling Most women in the stage group, you guys, you have if you didn't set your life up to be successful in your later years, then you need to start doing so because this is in your hand. And I believe in you. I really believe in you, Jacqueline, but so does God. But let us know this is not going to be a magic trick. You're gonna have to do this step by step. All, by, all, by, all right? Father God, we okay. love you. We love you. Lord, Lord,
0: amen. Yes, Lord.
3: I thank you for Jacqueline and her strength. I thank you for her continued love and affection for you, her devotion to you as her God. and as a God. Now, We're asking that you step in her life. She's on her own. So now she needs her dad. And so, God, we're asking yes, you Lord. to step into her life and begin to unfold for her what you have prepared for her. For this time, before the foundation of the world, give her courage. Take away the weariness and the weightiness. Take away that sense of insecurity and inferiority and replace it, Father, with your boldness. Give her the courage to step out the boat like Peter and walk on this water no matter how troubled it looks. God, this woman needs this yes, embrace. Her. And so A, I'm asking that you would give her both. Put people in her pathway and in her life to help her recover all. Because you are the God, God of comfort, so that she can recover yes, Lord. All in your way. Not oh, chasing courts and wasting money with that, but really doing what you in mind for her before the foundation of the world. I issue peace to her house, yes, yes, peace Lord. to her Thank life, I issue peace to her body. It's A, A, yes. In Jesus' name. Amen
0: and amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, Dr. Price. You're so welcome. God God bless you. God bless you.
3: Okay. Bye bye. I said, what kind of time do we have? Thirty seconds. No. (laughs) Well, we had a great show. Again, thank you, Doctor Al Spears, our brandy new Provost here. For Price University, we're starting. Well, tomorrow we launch online, and then the rest we start next Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, classes officially start here on campus next Monday. And so we'll be talking with you again. Hey, listen, Blog Talk, and everyone else, don't forget, join me Sunday for Scripture Organic, Culturally Modified Christianity at the Congregation of the Mighty, uh-huh, where God stands. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day.
1: Thank you for tuning in to the Paula Price Show. Become a financial supporter today by visiting www.drpaulaaprice.com and click on, on Show a Seed. Donate today.